Our gospel lesson for today, the fifth Sunday after Pentecost, comes from Matthew chapter 5, verses 13 through 20. Jesus says, you are the salt of the earth, but if salt has lost its taste, how can its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything but is thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A city built on a hill cannot be hidden. No one, after lighting a lamp, puts it under the bushel basket, but on the lampstand, and it gives light to all the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have come not to abolish, but to fulfill. For truly, I tell you, until heaven and earth pass away, not one letter, not one stroke of a letter will pass from the law until all is accomplished. Therefore, whoever breaks one of the least of these commandments and teaches others to do the same will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever does them and teaches them will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I tell you, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and the Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. The gospel of the Lord. You may be seated. Two thousand two, for the first time in my career—I don't career is not the right word—for the first time in my life as a driver, I had a nice vehicle. At that time, I bought a two thousand Dodge Dakota. It was two years old, but to me, it was like it was brand new. It was shiny, it was gorgeous. It was a truck. It was awesome. I love that truck. And I said when I bought it, I'm going to drive it till the wheels fall off. I didn't quite make it that far, but I got close. Some of you may remember I still had that truck when I moved here and started working in the middle of 2013, and I drove it until February of 2014. Now, my friends always used to joke around that this particular truck had been touched by the Greek god Zeus because it still had the same factory battery in it. 14 years later. That's a side note, but I love that truck. It was the greatest truck of all time. Now, I had it for a long time, and it held up really well, especially for about the first eight or nine years that I had it. But then something changed. The end of 2010, my family and I moved from Okaboji up to the Twin Cities. And at that time, I went from living in a pretty small town, a little bit bigger than Underwood, but, uh, but still a small town where I didn't have to really drive all that much, to commuting around the city. I would drive about half an hour or so from where we lived to where uh, the campus was, where I was going to seminary. And then also during my year of internship, I drove about the same distance, just in a different direction. And I was always driving on the freeways. Now, winter in Minnesota, little bit harsher than we have here. I mean, yes, we get our weather too, but they get more snow, they get more things up there in the Twin Cities. And so they were always out on those freeways spraying out that salty, briny solution that works really, really, really well of breaking up snow and ice. But it's not so nice to a truck, is it? You probably see where I'm going with this. If you remember my truck when I started here, it was pretty rusty. <laughs> especially around the wheel wells where all that salt solution would wash up on it and it just eats vehicles for breakfast. You see where I'm going with this. Maybe you don't see where I'm going with this. Okay, I'll get you there. 
that's where I'm connecting into our gospel for today. Now, Jesus is into the Sermon on the Mount, this long, three-chapter-long period of teaching. He's got a lot of different teaching styles that, uh, that come about. Sometimes he's using metaphor. Sometimes he's offering correctives. It's all kinds of different stuff. But it all started off a week ago, if you happen to be here, as Jesus gives us the Beatitudes, these different statements of people who are blessed now that the kingdom of heaven has come near to us. And that's the, it seems to be the entire point of this entire long teaching, including the brief portion that I read just a moment ago. Now, today we have two different teaching styles in this short passage. We've got a couple of metaphors, and then Jesus goes into a period of corrective, and it's all tied together. But it starts off with two statements that I absolutely love. Jesus says, you are the salt of the earth, and then he says, you are the light of the world. Now, he doesn't say you should be these things. He says you are. And while that's strange to think of ourselves being salt or light, I got to thinking about what might Jesus be telling us. And so let's think about salt. Salt's a good thing, right? Any chef that's worth their, pardon the pun, but worth their salt will tell you, you better put salt on that food before you cook it or it's gonna be bland. And anyone who's ever eaten unsalted food knows how bland it is, especially my father-in-law who doesn't like salt. That joke just bombed. That's okay. <laughs> Salt's important. It brings out the flavor. That, that's the whole point there. Uh, that salt brings out the flavor. But on the flip side, what happens if you put too much salt on? Then you burn it, right? You take a bite and you're like, oh, that's nasty. If you eat too much salt, it can leave you feeling bloated. That's something I'm discovering more and more as I go through this fun thing called aging. It's affecting me a little bit more. And the other thing of that, if you uh, always eat too much salt and you consistently eat too much salt, guess what? You're gonna end up with high blood pressure, right? So salt can be a really good thing when it comes to food and it can also be destructive. And let's think about salt on the roads that I mentioned before. It's great if you're trying to make the roads safer well, you leave it on there and it breaks the road surface down and it eats cars for breakfast. So salt in its very nature is good, but it can also be destructive. Now let's talk about light. Light is vital for life on this planet. The, the light and the energy that comes from the sun has warmed our atmosphere to temperatures that we can live in. The energy from sunlight gives food to plants that then in turn feed our entire food chain. If not for light, we would not live, period. But a few weeks ago when I was in the Caribbean, I learned the hard way that if you stay out in the sun too long, sunburn, not fun. You ever looked at a picture that's been in the sun too long? It fades. As we've been working on the windows over in the parsonage and I took all of the curtains down, I looked at the back side of the curtain that actually faces the window. Jeremy saw this. Great big faded patch on the back side of my curtains. It's weird. Probably gonna result in me buying new curtains, but that's beside the point. It can break things down. Light is a good thing, but it's also destructive. Both of these things that Jesus tells us, you are salt, you are light, you are good but you can also be destructive. So what do we make of that? That seems to be this big question. 
that we're wrestling with today. What does it mean to be salty, to be something that makes a difference but can be destructive, or to be light that gives life but can also be destructive as we think about this kingdom of heaven that has come near? That really seems to be the basis for all of this. Maybe Jesus is reminding us that in our lives, we're called to make a difference in the world around us, in the, the lives of the people that are around us, and we can do that. We have the capability, but despite our best intentions, we can also be destructive, can't we? That happens, whether we want to or not, and we're all guilty of that at one time or another. We try to do something, but our intentions get skewed and we hurt someone else, or we hurt the world that we're a part of, or we hurt ourselves. It happens. That's a part of our reality, and the wonderful thing about the scriptures and about the God that made all this stuff is God knows it. God knows that despite our best intentions, despite our best efforts, despite our, our attempts to be something that's good, we can also cause harm. And that's why God became mortal. That's why God became human and dwelled among us in the first place to bring that kingdom to us and to remind us of what it means to live differently in this world that we are a part of. To live contrary to what the world tells us is the way it's supposed to be or the way that we should look out for number one or that we should only be in it for ourselves. That's what the world tells us. Jesus is telling us over and over and over again, be different. Season the lives of those who are around you and shine God's light in this world. Now, when we take actions of that nature, actions that try and, and follow what God has told us to do, there's a big fancy word for it. We actually hear it in today's reading. It's called righteousness, which is a strange word when we try and define it, but it seems to indicate the ways that we are called good or called justified in the eyes of God. And we all know, if we think back to our confirmation days, that we can't pull that off on our own. And it speaks to the nature of things being both good, but also flawed and destructive. That no matter how hard we try, we can never obtain righteousness on our own behalf. And God knows it, and God did something about it. Jesus has this weird little saying where he says, don't think I've come to abolish the law or the prophets. And he's talking about what we call the Hebrew scriptures of the Old Testament. They have the law from Moses and they have the prophetic writings. That's their scriptures. And maybe some people were saying, hey, uh, Jesus, what you're doing and what you're saying, it doesn't quite line up with what we've always been told. So are you just doing away with all that? And he's like, <laughs> no. I didn't come to get rid of that. I came to fulfill it on your behalf. Because I know you can't do it. You can try. And you should try, you should do your best. It should change the way you live and the way that you interact with the world and with other people. It should help you look differently at this world that we're a part of, but I know you're gonna mess it up. So I have come to fulfill it on your behalf. Isn't that the basis for the gospel? The grace of God that though we are flawed and broken and though we will always come up short, he has made us righteous. And he has done so out of his great love for us. That's really what's going on in this whole thing. And we're going to stay in the Sermon on the Mount for a while. We're going to hang out in Matthew chapter 5 and chapter 6 and chapter 7. You're probably going to get really tired of it. But it's ongoing. Because that's life. 
And life has a lot of different aspects. And we all know that. All of our experiences, all of our perspectives, they're different because of our own individual lives and experience. But the gospel remains the same. God loves you. God knows you're flawed and broken. God loves you anyway. And so Jesus fulfilled it on your behalf. Now, how does it all work? I have no idea. But I believe it does. And I believe the promise that God has made to each one of us in this room and each one of those people that live on this planet. God calls you good. And God says, this is for you. How do we know it's true? Because God said so. And sometimes that's good enough, right? Parents, some, how many times have you said, you're doing it because I said so? I think I've said it in the last mm, 24 hours. God says it. God is our perfect parent. And if God says it, then it's true, whether we like it or not. The kingdom of heaven has come near. It is with you. It is for you. And may it also be found within you. As you live out your lives, live in such a way that you season this world that's around you. And may you shine God's light in this world. Amen.